Hey everybody, how y'all doing today? Hope the world is okay where you are and you're warm and safe. And uh, things are going okay. I don't, I don't know why this topic came to me today, but I had this topic. Uh, I think it was something I was watching earlier, and I heard him talking about a clear mind. So, should we ha- how to have a clear mind? Do we have a clear mind? What is a clear mind? You know, um, I remember the movie uh, The Last Samurai. Tom Cruise is practicing sword fighting with the guys, and the Japanese guy said, he said, it's your mind, and he said, what? He said, your mind, mind, I think he said, you mind all things, you mind this, you mind that, but you should be minding the one thing you're concentrating on. What he was saying was he was thinking about too many things. His his mind was saturated with things going on. And he should clear his mind and focus at hand. And you know... We should all be doing minding all things. And why? What's different today than any other day? Oh, well, I flipped through the Google. Clicked our mind and Bible, and it had a lot of verses, but these things stuck out to me. First Peter 4 7 through 9. But the end of all things is at hand, therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Hmm. You know, there is a lot said in those three verses. So let's unpack them. As my buddy Kevin says, let's flesh it out. Verse 7, he says, But the end of all things is at hand. Well, that's true. We are fragile beings. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and 
You know, today we live to be 80 and 90 years old, 100. But, you know, just several, five, six, seven hundred years ago, they didn't live to be 40 or 50 years old. A life was hard. But the end can come at any moment. Any moment. You know, after my wife died, I had some uh, heart issues and was some some stuff, some medicine causing heart high heart rates and stuff and once they figured it out it was okay but I went to the doctor and he checked me all out and stress tests and all that stuff and he said everything looks good he said but I'm going to tell you something he said I'm a doctor I'm not God he said I can give you a clean bill of health right here in this office everything sounds good charts check out he said, and you can walk out the door and fall dead in the parking lot. He said, when God calls you home, he calls you home. But we live like the alarm clock will go off tomorrow. We make plans for the next day and the next week and the next year. In reality, we're not guaranteed the next heartbeat, the next blink of an eye our next breath. So it says, Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Are you serious in your prayers? Do you pray for material things? Or do you even pray at all? Or, or do you do like some friends I have that you go out to eat with them and you see them praying because you're praying. Or they go through the, mo the movement because it's what they've been taught to do. But they have no relationship with the Lord. Do you pray in the morning or at night or both? Do you... Do you pray for your friends and your loved ones and your family, your children, your parents? And when somebody says, I got a friend who's uh, having issues, medical issues, a kidney, a heart, a cancer, or a COVID, and they need prayers, and you... You click on Facebook because Facebook's where it's all at. You know, that's, that's the it right there. You click that prayer emoji that you're praying for them. But do you pray for them? Do you take the moment right then to pray for them? Or do you keep a list? Or do you just click on the button and go through the motion? It says, be serious and watchful in your prayers. We should watch for things, watch for people, watch for events. I'm telling you, you get serious in your prayers and in your prayer walk with God, your prayer life, you will start getting, instead of 20-20 vision, you're going to have 
you're going to have heaven, heaven vision. You're going to start seeing things around you that you're going to say, hmm, did I really see that? Instead of saying, oh, that was a coincidence, you're going to think, man, if that hadn't happened to me to slow me down, I might have been that car flipped over in that river from sliding with the ice. Or that cow could have walked out in front of my car in the dark and I could have hit it. Or I could have been in that store or that airplane or that train or whatever. You will start seeing the hand of God as it is involved in your life. I suggest a movie called The City of Angels with Nicolas Cage. It was an old movie, Meg Ryan. It was a good movie, I think, because if you look at the spiritual connection, don't, you know, it has worldly topics in the movie, but he's an angel that fell from grace. But it gives us a glimpse into what could be going on around us. You know, I had a friend say, if you look at a lot of these movies that we watch, a lot of them are based somewhere on something that has happened that people have observed or seen or known. A little fact is in some of these movies. So it makes you wonder. But anyway, you never know what your prayers can do, what being serious can do, and watchful in your prayers. I hate to tell you this. I know you're going to find it shocking. But God is alive and real and around us and watching and observing. He doesn't sleep. You know, it's uh, it's just shatters my mind. I, I'd love to sit and tell you the things that I've seen and observed prior to and after my wife's death. The angels, I call them angels, that were in our life and our path that are unexplainable why I don't know maybe to come and prepare her for what was going to happen or to check us out to see prepare me for what was going to happen I don't know but I'm telling you without a doubt those things are real and they happen and if you get your prayer life together and you're watchful in your prayers the veil will be partly open and you will get to see a little bit through that veil like looking through a little piece of linen to something on the other side without really seeing it all in focus
Just trust me on that. And verse 8 says, And above all things, all things, that's everything, above everything, it's saying, Have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. What is a fervent love for one another? You know, I mean, your children mess up and make a bad grade in school, and you know they haven't studied. Answer me this. Is screaming and shouting at them going to accomplish anything? Or how would it be if you just looked at them and said, You know what? I know you didn't study much. And I know you don't like school. But it's something we got to do. I'll tell you what. How about the next time I help you study a little bit? And maybe we can pull those grades up. Or how about your kid that's on a team, and I know how some of you parents are. You live your life through those kids because either you weren't successful at sports or you're trying to make up for something at sports or you want them to have a good life, a better life than you did, but you're Instead of encouraging them, you're obsessed. And that kid may have thrown an interception. Or that girl might have stumbled in track. And you go off on them like there's no tomorrow. How about instead of doing that, you just say, you know what? You gave it your best. And sometimes your game is just off. But I tell you what. If you want to next week, I'll go out there and I'll help you practice a little more. I'll pitch the ball to you. I'll, I'll, count, I'll hold a stopwatch. I'll do whatever. People, I'm telling you something. You hate on those kids and your loved ones and they're going to grow up hating on you. And if you love on them and support them and guide them and be their friend and their parent, they're going to respect you. But if you let them get away with everything, get, get out of control, run amok they're going to blame everything in life on you your wife your spouse husband whatever you come home and she says honey I'm sorry I, I burnt the steaks you say that's okay honey 
you know what, maybe we just need to go out tonight. Come on, let's go. Or he comes home and says, I had a bad day at work, honey, and I forgot to pick up those things that you needed. You say, it's okay, dear. Let's go do it together. It'll give us some time to spend together. Because I'm telling you, I know from experience, you can wake up beside of an angel one morning, and you can go to be- go to bed beside a cold pillow that night. Nothing is guaranteed, except death. In verse nine, the last one. Oh, by the way, I looked up fervent while I was talking. It says, have a fervent love for one another. That means a passionate intensity. Hot, burning, or glowing. How about that? If you have that kind of love for each other, what can go wrong? So verse 9, last one. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Without grumbling. You know what? What does that say? Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. It doesn't say return tit for tat. It doesn't say well, fine, I'm happy with it. Or whatever. Or, sure, it's your day. What You know, it'll be fine. Whatever you want to do. No, be hospitable without grumbling. <clears throat> Somebody tells you to do something, you don't like it? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, mom. It's dad. And do it with a smile. You know, that right there will set the tone, the mood, the atmosphere for a storm. If you do it wrong, Or a happy, pleasant day if you do it right. It doesn't mean you have to be happy with it. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day and he said, these cars were riding his butt down the road. He seen the car coming from way back, just flying down the road. It was 45 and she was doing probably 65 by the time she caught up to him. And and then uh, he picked up the speed a little bit so he could keep going. He said, but I kind of wanted to, you know, make it a little harder for her to pass. So kept his speed up a little bit. And he said, when he got to the stoplight, she just sat there and blew the horn solid until the light turned colors. 
Yeah. Did he agitate? Yeah. Did she agitate? Of course. Was she wrong? Yeah. Was he wrong? Sure he was. But who hasn't done that? Well, I haven't blown my horn all the way through the signal wait period. I get tired of hearing the horn myself. But he was laughing about it because, you know, he said, I just get so tired of it. And sometimes, sometimes you just kind of fight back a little bit. And I told him, I said, well, here's what I did and have done several times. I said, uh, I had a person doing the same thing to me, riding my rear end just as hard as they could go. When the time came for them to pass, they passed and blowed the horn. I looked over and they were flipping me the finger and I blew them a kiss. And it was another guy. And he started laughing. He said, what did that guy do? I said, it caught him off guard and put him in shock, I think. He didn't know what to say, what to do. He had this look on his face. Like, what the heck? And that was funnier than being mad and flipping him back, you know? I mean... He just drove off in bewilderment. And I just laughed about that the whole day. So be hospitable to one another and don't grumble. Somebody cuts a line in front of you, say, man, glad you got to the head of the line. It must be tough, whatever your, your emergency you're facing and let them go. Don't grumble. Grumbling causes fights. Fights cause blood pressure, and anger, and pain. And it it is not a fervent love for one another to grumble and fight. You know, it's not a long set of verses. It's just three. I'll read them again. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another and without grumbling. Make that three rules to live by. And this is Pastor Chip. God bless you. I hope everyone is safe. And I hope you have a great day and a safe weekend.